The Drive Show with Peter Vlahos. Toolmark, your complete tool centre. Proudly WA owned and operated for over 40 years. And just before we move on to Fremantle, if Jack Darling is the captain of the Eagles forward line, of course, celebrating his 250th AFL game this week at the MCG against Richmond, then Josh Kennedy is the lieutenant because he's been outstanding, uh, just uh, declaring and repeating that he's being managed this week. He won't be travelling, but we've been mentioning that uh, a few weeks ago that he looks like now... Uh, on his way out, will only play the home games. Yeah, no, we, we, I think we've sort of flagged that a few times, Peter. Uh, again, it's been held down in other areas that uh, oh, Josh is a champion. You never write a champion off. He's got a knackered knee. He, he, it's been brave of Josh Kennedy to get up as regularly as he has in 2022, Peter. Uh, he spends the whole week recovering. Uh, he, he can't even go to the park with his kids with his little daughter and, and have a bit of a run around, a bit of a bit of fun without it uh, stinging the knee and then reminding himself, oh, I've got to just go easy, got to get through to play again on the weekend. You will find he'll only play the, the home games. We, we said last week we'd be surprised if he goes to play against Richmond at the MCG. As much as he'd like to play one more game on the MCG, not going to get there. Uh, he'll play Carlton next week. He needs two goals for 700 at West Coast because he kicked 11, remember, mm. at, uh, at Carlton. Carlton in his opening 22 games. And then it's Hawthorne in round 18 back at the MCG. You know, I think the plan is, and the plan's been in place for a couple of weeks now. Josh met with club officials two or three weeks ago and said, look, let, let's do it this way. I will not go on next year. Let's work away. And the club said, well, let's work the best way to, to farewell you. We want to farewell you in Perth as opposed to... You know, having a, a breakdown game in the East, for instance, with that knee that could blow out at any moment. So I don't think he'll go for round 18. St Kilda round 19, Gold Coast away in round 20, and Adelaide in round 21 here in Perth as the last West Coast home game for the year. Uh, the Derby is round 22. That's Fremantle's home game. And then Geelong down at Geelong. So Josh Kennedy will finish at the stadium at the end of a very, very accomplished career with West Coast. And he's being managed this weekend to make sure he plays against Carlton next weekend. But he has got, genuinely, a crook knee. Yeah, outstanding footballer. Frio Port Adelaide, 320 oh. is that game on Sunday. Just having a look, in is Wilson, Walters, Blakely and Sturt. And added on the in extended interchange is of the likes of Collier, Logue, Banfield and Hughes. Of course, uh, the final game of the round and... Uh, the squad will be trimmed come Saturday. Frio, how do you see them? Uh, an important game for them. And oh. They should beat Port, but uh, after last week's showing, who knows? Well, I think they're under siege, Fremantle. They're under siege from some of us that actually assess where they're at uh, more at, more honestly, I think, than a lot. But I think they're under siege because they've got Port here. And I think it becomes, it's crazy to say, it's fourth against 12th. It's crazy to say that this is a critical game. And I think pivotal to both the respective sides for the where they want to finish in the in September. Fremantle have to win to stay in contention for a top four finish, and Port just have to win yeah. to stay in contention for finals. You'd have to think so, if Port go down, that could be it. Oh, I, I think so. I think so. However, Port have been in pretty good form in recent time, Peter. They've won seven of their last nine. After starting with 0-5, only Geelong and Collingwood are similar with seven of their last nine to Port. So their form, they bring form to Perth. And the other thing that worries me a little bit about Port, with the danger that they can cause Fremantle, Burn Jones, Gray, Fantasia, Cleary, mm. they're all ins to Port, which 
gives them a bit of firepower through Fantasia Gray and Byrne Jones and Cleary give them firepower and defensive power down the back end, and they didn't have that last weekend. I, 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 I see this as a real problem for Fremantle. More so they're under siege because of from the whole competition now for how Carlton exposed them last week. And Carlton exposed Fremantle with their heavy buffeting around the contest and just won all the contested ball. Port are very good at that. I don't think Port finished that well, and I think Port are a bit compromised in Charlie Dixon having to play in the ruck as backup to uh, Jeremy Finlayson. Well, they're both key forwards. So if they're having to spend time up on the ball and then when they go back to full forward, they're both buggered, that could help Fremantle overall, I think, because even if Port do win a fair amount of ball, and when you look at those the contests around the middle of the field, Peter, you know, Rosie, Boak, Wines, Eamon, Houston, Pal Pepper in terrific mm. form, as up against the likes of Brayshaw, Sarong, Brody, Mundy and Fife, Hughes on a wing, uh, if he holds his spot, Aish still doubtful. Is uh, James Aish didn't uh, didn't train down at uh, at Coburn today, so Port have got the capacity to take it to Fremantle in a similar manner, that brutal manner, which with which Carlton did last week, and it brought Fremantle unstuck. So that's where Fremantle they've got the chance to rebound, and I think they should. I think they should beat Port, but watch for this to happen too, Peter. Like it or not, Nathan Fife needs to spend less time in the midfield because of what – and if Fremantle have learnt something in the five days since they got beaten and beaten up around the ball by, by Carlton, one of them is that Fife is not a main player in there for them. Their success was built this season on the likes of uh, Brayshaw averaging his 31 possessions and four clearances, Will Brody 27 possession average and six clearances a game. Well, he had one last week because he didn't get as much time mm. back in there this last week, but not Fife's first week. Sarong, 26 possessions and three clearances and even Monday. There's not enough room in the midfield for Fife to spend a lot of time there. So I think we need to watch that. He needs to spend more time forward. And with Lobb in particular and Tabner so unreliable, he needs to become a reliable forward. But he can't kick goals. He's not a reliable goal kicker, not a reliable kick. He had one effective kick last week in the six kicks he had, Nathan Fife. So that will be a problem for them on Sunday as well. However, I think they'll work around Fife and utilise him to the extent where it helps him be more beneficial to the team overall. But it's not as a regular attender, attendee at the centre circle ball-ups. And what they need to do is what they've done at Optus Stadium and at times away, just take the game on. Run and take the game on. Last week And it was, should be fine. That'll help that one. Yeah, and last week that was complete opposite. And the acid will be on Monday and Fife, who have been certainly below par in the first couple of weeks, even though Nat Fife says, uh, give me six weeks. Well, I'm not sure, Free, I've got six weeks up their sleeve to give Nat Fife. He needs to start hitting the scoreboard and also hitting um, the stat sheet and, and getting Fremantle more of the footy as of now. If... If Nathan parked his ego in the locker before he ran up on the stadium on Sunday, it's a big if, and was willing to accept secondary and third-level roles a bit more forward, out on a wing, uh, waiting for a reception as, as they spread as opposed to trying to be around the ball. Now, that's where he's played his whole career, and that's where his ego wants to be. If someone can get to him and say, look, if, you, if it's going to take six weeks, Nathan, you're going to have to build into it by playing a different role. Our kids are what got us to 10 and 3 before you came back, in my opinion. That's a big if. Injury checks, though, still, still keep an eye on Will Brody, sore as hell after last week because they copped a buffeting, the mm. Fremantle boys. Alex Pierce, more trouble, always trouble with that ankle of his. 
Brennan Cox, light duties today, very light, just walking around, light duties, kicking. And Sarong and Aish, not even seen. So, again, cop the buffeting around from the Carlton Boys, around the ball from the Carlton Boys last week. Keep an eye on them. The extra day is going to be very helpful, but there's no guarantee that they're going to come up. And I think when you look at some of the uh, the interchange from Peter, they're clearly looking at, at these blokes being on standby. Blakely on a standby. The likes of Sturt and Croden, who was the, uh, what do you call the sub yeah, again last week. Yep. They're all sitting back. I think I think Collier had a horrendous game. He should be dropped. But uh, having lost Liam Henry, Collier just might hang in there. But certainly Logue's not going to miss out. Banfield's not going to miss out. Hughes was okay on a wing. Uh, and one other, Walker's not going to miss out. There's, there's your four interchange and one of the others clearly they're either on standby because they've got injury problems to worry about before Sunday's ball up, uh, or one of them's going to be the, the sub. Great to see Michael Walters back as well. We're going to take a break. Yeah, Jordan Ngoi is back as well. Uh, this is what Craig McRae, as we go to the break, had to say about the man that's certainly been in the news over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Jordy trained really well. I'm sure you saw him train. He's, he trained with high energy. He trained with high energy the other day. Looks like he's in a good place to perform well. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know, he stepped in. He's had a bit of time to. I, I caught up with him on Monday, and he, he um, you know, he seemed like he was in a good place. He was ready to come back. He had to deal with, this, you know, everything that was going on, and um, comes back full of energy. What are the sorts of conversations you have with him, and the expectations for the remainder of the season? Oh, look, I just, I want him to get into it and just be himself. To be honest, and keep growing and learning, and you know, not only his football, but all the stuff outside of footy as well. And he's been doing a lot of work on that, and we've seen growth, but clearly we've got more to do. Do you talk about a contract and maybe next season with him on Monday? No, I don't. And I, I'm hopefully not going to talk about anyone's contract, not just Geordie's, but, but I do talk about what the next 10 weeks looks like or whatever the rest of the season is. And it's about just trying to perform at his best and, and give to the team and be a good teammate. As a coach, are you confident that he's been sincere about his remorse for his actions and he's committed to, to turning a bit of a corner personally? Uh, well, I, I don't know how you rate sincerity. How do you even pronounce that? Sincerity? Yeah, I don't know. How do you rate that? Um, yeah, I just, you just trust people's word, and, and I, I'm a big on honouring your word. You say something, do something. So, you know, we just get held account to what we say. Craig, it was reported over the weekend you were not happy about the way he was treated during this period. Did you, did you notice that when you met with him on Monday? No, no, not at all. No, I met with him and his manager, and um, to be honest, it was about moving you know, parts to be able to then step forward, and that's all the conversations we had.